You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Explore a wide selection of luxury spirits, wine, and champagne at Reserve Bar. Dot com. Elevate your gifting this year with rare and exceptional bourbons, tequilas, scotch, wine, champagne, with personalized engraving, exceptional glassware, and more. From wines to whiskeys, there's a bottle for everyone. For a limited time, save $20 on your order of $150 plus with the code IHEART at ReserveBar.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, everybody? It's me, Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire for Wednesday, February 17th. I need to start the show with a shout-out. Hope everybody listening in the Dallas-Fort Worth area is staying safe. Holy cow. I was just uh, reading a lot last night about what's happening out there in Texas. The, uh, the weather, uh, the temperatures are so low that they like so many people have lost power. Like they're ill prepared for this. Uh, you know, stay strong, Texas. Um, it sounds like a rough go for you guys. In the sports world, uh, we've got a great interview coming up with Aaron Torres. He's covered college basketball for a long time. We really get into it on the Jalen Johnson-Duke quitting saga, which was a little brush fire in my corner of the internet this week. I, uh, I I like college basketball a lot. You know, if you guys have uh, been longtime listeners of my Saturday radio show, I was so nerdy that in college I was in a, you know, you would go into like chat rooms or whatever um, and you would meet people who like college basketball and a bunch of us broke out and, you know, guys who I'd never met and I still never met to this day. 
um, we started a fantasy college basketball team where you had to keep your own stats. You, and, and like if you picked a guy and he lasted three years, you got him for three years. If he was a one and done, you know, you took that chance. And, you know, this was in the 90s and um, it was awesome. And I'm just a college hoops nerd. Uh, my wife always makes fun of me because I would, you know, obviously before DVR and stuff, I would record one shining moment. <laughs> yes, like a loser at the end of March Madness so I could watch it again because I just love college basketball. Something about it. And, and obviously one shining moment was just awesome. Now you could just go on YouTube and watch anyone you want, basically. But I'm a huge college hoops nerd, and it comes through a little bit today. We talk about the tournament that's coming up. Um, I, I don't reveal too much on the gambling front. Listen, I don't want to fire too early. Still a lot to be determined. Um, but Baylor, Gonzaga, like interesting stuff. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before we get to the Aaron Torres interview, as always, subscribe, rate, and review. I just want to quickly touch on one sports story that I saw Tuesday night. You know, I'm uh, trying to take a week here. And decompress with the family. We're doing uh, board games. We're uh, just trying to stay off the computer for a minute. And um, I couldn't help but watch the Lakers. And in their first game without Anthony Davis, obviously, listen, the Timberwolves stink. It wasn't like a real contest. Minnesota's going nowhere fast. Arguably the worst team in the NBA, 7-21. and And, you know, no Anthony Davis to to match uh, Carl Anthony Towns, who has had a rough year coming back. Uh, He got COVID a second time. And the Timberwolves don't have D'Angelo Russell. He's been ruled out, I think, four to six weeks. So they're starting Ricky Rubio, some kid from Kentucky named Jared Vanderbilt, and the rookie Anthony Edwards. And I got to be honest, guys, before we get to the Lakers, Anthony Edwards was the best Timberwolves player, without a doubt, on Tuesday night. I mean... Anthony Edwards was 5 for 10 from deep, scored 28 points, definitely fearless. I did have him going number one in my mock draft. I got to be honest, I didn't think he'd be getting buckets like this. He had 28, 7, and 5. And I know that this team, Minnesota, is going to be built around Cat and D'Angelo Russell. I'm telling you right now, like Anthony Edwards probably will be a better player all around than D'Angelo Russell next season if he keeps at this pace. Because Russell's kind of spinning his wheels He'll have some explosive offensive games, but he doesn't play a lick of defense. I had seen a stat where in, I think it was defensive real plus minus, D'Angelo Russell was dead last in the NBA earlier this season. He's that bad defensively. But nobody cares about the Timberwolves. Let's get to the Lakers. Um, LeBron was magnificent, 30, 13, and 7. The key for me, again, I, I, I talked about this on First Things First with Broussard this week on Monday. They've got to dial back the LeBron minutes. I didn't like 38 minutes against one of the worst teams in the league. Like, LeBron's an Iron Man until he's not. Like, you know, Father Time is undefeated. And I, I just, pushing LeBron for 38 minutes, I didn't love to see that. Um, sad thing is they kind of needed it. You know, they, uh, they were unable to totally put away the Wolves and blow them out. But I did see something I like from the Lakers in their first non-Anthony Davis game. And... You know, you could make the argument that instead of being worried about, oh, no, Anthony Davis, are they going to get a top three seed? You know, like, let's look at how some players will step up and fill the void and possibly put them in position to be better, more prepared players in the playoffs. And I think two guys definitely jump out. This should be no surprise. Dennis Schroeder. He was magnificent. 24 points. I mean, he was phenomenal. Uh, Listen, it's tough not to watch him and his speed, and the jitterbug back and forth in the handle, and think, on some level, he's a poor man's Kyrie Irving. You know? I, there, you could argue that Dennis Schroeder is going to be the second best player on the Lakers for the next four weeks. And that's no disrespect to Montrezl Harrell. 
Um, obviously, Kyle Kuzma is a very good player. Um, you know, I've uh, got a sore, soft spot for Horton Tucker, who, by the way, was a non-factor against the Wolves. But Schroeder is a kid who's delivered in the past. Remember, in Atlanta, Schroeder was in the backcourt. Um, I think they had Millsap on that team, uh, Al Horford maybe. Um, and he was maybe their best player in a series against the Beal Wall Wizards. I looked this up. Schroeder averaged 24 points, shot 50, uh, sorry, sorry, shot 45% from the field, 44% from three. Like, he can get buckets. This guy scores. And last year on OKC, remember that seven-game series against the Rockets? Uh, Chris Paul was obviously the best player, but Dennis Schroeder, I mean, they were down 0-2 in that series, and you're like, oh, they're going to get blown out. And Schroeder carries them. In Game 3 and Game 4, he had 29 and 30 back-to-back, just a relentless offensive player. I'm telling you guys, you know, I know everybody loves KCP, and, you know, he got paid in the offseason. Nobody can tell me that KCP is a better player than Dennis Schroeder. It's just not a fact. I'm sorry, it's not. Like, KCP is never going to be a guy who could average 24 in a playoff series. He's not. He had a couple great games in the bubble. They needed him in the playoffs. He came through. He was better than Danny Green, obviously, but... You know, Dennis Schroeder right now is playing lights out for the Lakers. He's going to have to carry them for stretches, especially with LeBron on the bench. And then Montrez Harrell, who only played 18 minutes, had 17 points. I'm sorry, I need to see more of Harrell. Like, Wes Matthews, okay, I get it. But there is a stretch coming up. Like, Minnesota's a giveaway. Like, they're terrible. You just look at that schedule, you're like, all right, I I don't want to see LeBron playing 40 minutes here. Uh, They got Brooklyn, obviously. Um, Thursday, which is going to be massive TNT game. You know everybody's going to be all over it. Would not be surprised if the Nets won that by 20. Miami Heat after that on Saturday night, another national TV game. Next week they have Washington, which is should be a layup. Um, and then a big game against Utah on ESPN, then Portland on ESPN, then Golden State on ESPN. Like, this is a tough stretch, okay? Lakers fans, don't get too gassed up about the win over the Timberwolves. The we got a we got a big big set of games here for the Lakers to see, you know what this second unit is made of because West Matthews Kuzma these guys are going to need to step up. All right, without further ado, let's get to Aaron Torres. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a guest I've known, geez, probably at least five to ten years. He has a weekend radio show on Fox Sports Radio. He has his own podcast, the Aaron Torres Podcast. He's a college basketball oracle. Yeah, I'm going to go there. An oracle. Aaron Torres, what is up, my man? You know, I've been named, I've been called a lot of things, especially on Twitter. Uh, I don't know that an oracle has ever been one of them. So, you know, there's a first time for everything. I appreciate you having me, J-Mac. Well, uh, you know, one of the big reasons is because, and Aaron, we could get into the media aspect of it later, but just the groupthink among college basketball reporters is a little disturbing to me. Everybody feels the same way and parrots the same stuff and talks to the same sources. And I feel like you're on the outside of that crew. I know I've always been an outsider my whole life. I I don't want to be on the inside. You know, like, hey, we're friendly. That's cool. I get it. I see you. I'm going to say hi. But um, I don't want to be saying and parroting the same stuff you're saying. Do you agree with me there is a groupthink among college basketball reporters, columnists, etc.? You know, it's really funny you say that. I I do, and I'm the same way. I'm friendly with all these guys, and we text here and there and DM really here and there, but I'm not in all the group chats, and and I do think there is. I'll give you a funny example, Um, and for the record, I just want the record to show. There are a lot of people in our industry that when so, when they share an outside the box opinion and then somebody piggybacks off, oh, they stole my take. They stole. I'm not that guy. <laughs> like 
I'm not that guy, but so there's been this thought in college basketball for people who don't really follow it. Iowa has a center named Luca Garza, who's just putting up absurd stats. He's been putting up absurd stats for two years now. I think he finished second to Obi Toppin in all the national player of the year uh, races. And for basically the entire season, it's just been a foregone conclusion. Hand him the national player of the year award. Nobody's even competing, whatever. So Friday night, Illinois, who's playing really well right now, Plays at Nebraska. They have a kid named Io DeSumo, who I think is going to be a top 10, top 15 pick. Wow, I think he can top be, 10? Well, I think he can be this year's okay. John Morant. And I hate to say that the NCAA tournament matters, but I remember going on with our buddies Chris Broussard and, and Rob Parker the day before the tournament telling them about this John Morant kid that they had kind of loosely heard about. They said, there's no way, he's, you know, Rob, no way he's going ahead of R.J. Barrett. And it's like, okay, what? <laughs> and so – so Io, so anyway, so the point I'm trying to get to, um, Io DeSumo from Illinois went for like 31, 11, and eight or something on Friday night. And I just said, why aren't we talking about this? Why did we just give the award to Luca Garza? His team at the time was struggling. I think they've won two games since. But why are we just handing this award? This guy at Illinois, Io DeSumo, is averaging like 21, six and six. 41% from three. His team is awesome. And then sure enough, I, I tweeted that out. And probably by about Tuesday, I saw three, four other people that had come to that conclusion as well. <laughs> and so, you know, like, like I, I do think, you know, I'm an outside the box thinker, by the way, you, you know, so I won't get, I won't start with the, by the ways and all the ones that I've been right on. Cause I've been wrong on plenty too, but I agree with you, J Mac is I think there's a great group of people that follow this sport, that love this sport, that cover this sport. But I do think there's a little bit too much group think is probably the best word. And I, and I do think that I at least try to have my own perspective and sometimes it's right. Sometimes it's wrong. Like anything else. Well, I, I don't know your take on Jalen Johnson, the kid who just left Duke. And I am fascinated to hear it because I can already, you know, you start reading what's out there, what people think, and people are killing this kid, a 19-year-old kid who, you know, had a bit of a history in high school of hopscotching around to uh, get the most favorable, you know, school and setup that he could. And now he's bailed on Duke, uh, which isn't going to the NCAA tournament or needs a miracle or a ton of help. And all these guys are killing the kid. And I'm saying, well... What did you expect? You know, this guy was going to be one and done. He bailed on multiple high schools when uh, he was looking for the best setup. And now he leaves Duke after he's been benched and, and you guys are going to kill him. And, and I don't know. I, maybe I listen. I have I never met Jalen Johnson. I don't know anybody in his family, in his circle. I'm just curious how all of a sudden he's a bad guy when this is the way the sport is trending. Um, whether it's G League, go to the NBL in Australia but college basketball is hurting and I love the sport, but it is in a bad place. And I need your take on Jalen Johnson. So you're more upset with people being surprised that this happened than people being mad that he actually left. Is that my kind of understanding? Yeah. I, I, I think it just seems excessively harsh to attack a kid for quitting. Okay. So my opinion, see, I am in the attack the kid for quitting because I, well, what I would say is I, I actually thought of all people and I don't, I don't know this guy, I shouldn't crush him, but I thought Seth Greenberg kind of said it well on the ESPN broadcast on, I guess it was Monday night is first of all, let's just stop using the word opt out. Okay. This is my number one pet peeve. The word, let's stop using the word opt out because opt out started in college football 
in the in the NFL in August when we didn't know if it was safe to play in a pandemic, if it was safe to play contact sports in a pandemic. And there were people that were literally concerned for their health by playing. Um, and so they opted out and they're going to opt back in at some point. This is quitting. It is. And by the way, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing, but let's let's just stop calling it opting out. Because as you said, Jason, one went to essentially three high schools in, in his senior year, started at one school, went to IMG, a prep academy, transfers back to his high school. Um, we know a couple of things. If Duke was in contention for an NCAA tournament, he wouldn't have done this. If he was playing really well and helping his draft stock, he wouldn't have done this. And so he quit. And, and, and the point that Seth Greenberg make, which made, which I think is an important one, if it really is about the injury, two things. One, you can still stay at school. You can still finish the why? season. Why, why pretend to do school, though, Aaron? I don't get that. We know he's not staying. He's not long for there. Why not just get out of school, sign with an agent, and get the show on the road? I think one, I do think that's part of like being on a team. And I don't mean to be like 1940s, like, yay, rah, rah, (laughs) go height, like go, go, go. It's always about the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. But I'll give you an example. And I'll say something that some people might be upset by, but whatever. There's a kid at Kentucky named Terrence Clark who's had a mysterious ankle injury since December. And there are a lot of people that are kind of questioning, is he really hurt or is was he not playing well? Was the team not playing well? And he's just kind of, you know, skating by until the season's over. But he's still there every game. He's still at every practice. He's still waving a towel on the sidelines. He's still cheering on his teammates. So one, I think it looks good. But two, let me play devil's advocate, Jason. Let's let's put aside the 1980s. It's about the name on the front of the jersey, not the back. Why would you if it's really about the injury? There's probably not many places to rehab that are going to be better for you, let alone, first of all, forget signing with an agent for free. Stay at Duke, use the best medical staff in college basketball, and get healthy over the next month, month and a half, six weeks, whatever. I just – you can – you can – I don't know that I even blame him for not playing another game. I just think there was a more appropriate way to handle it, and I think I can poke holes pretty easily in the decisions he made and the public reason why he chose to make those decisions. All right, so uh, Seth Davis started getting angry with me last night, um, (laughs) saying that, uh, well, Jason, um, he got benched, and now he's bailing on the team. And I said, oh, well, okay, like they won without him when he was benched, right, Uh, over the weekend, I think it was NC State. and. Who cares now if he's leaving? What? Why does Duke care if they benched him anyway? And now he wants to bail. Like, who? Can, why should Duke care? Like, is he really quitting on a team? I, I just, Aaron, it's tough for us as guys who were never like, you know, one and done prospects, um, to 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 put ourselves in those shoes where you know the deal. I'm going to Duke, not even for the full year, but really, Aaron, for what six, seven months? Because as soon well, as the tournament's over. I would say the majority of one and done guys sign with the agent, start working out, start and get the private trainer, get on the diet. We don't need to mess around with classes. And again, I'm pro school, obviously, but for a handful of people who are going to the NBA, yeah, let's 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 make this happen. Um, Coach K had to know what he was getting in bed with. Real quick, are you you're a Knicks fan, aren't you? Are you a Knicks fan, or am I crazy? Uh, I am an I am a Knicks fan. Yes. Well, let me tell you a great story. I interviewed Emmanuel quickly the day he declared for the draft. We had to push back his interview in the pandemic 
because he was busy finishing up an online class. Nice. That's the kind of character that you need in your organization. <laughs> and that is why he is uh, balling out. Emmanuel's amazing. We'll talk about him another time. But no, listen, I get all that. But and it, let me even, I'll even defend your point further in that it's not only that they leave at the end of the season anyway. This is a pandemic year and it's been discussed, but I don't know that the average fan really realizes, especially college basketball, if you don't follow it 365 days a year, these kids are literally dorm room, gym, dorm room, gym, dorm room, game, dorm room, gym. And so I like, it sucks. Like the whole point of going to Duke is yes, be a one and done ball out. Use Duke as much as Duke uses you. Uh, Cause they're on national TV more than basically anybody in the NBA, yeah. except for the Lakers. Um, but it's also the Cameron crazies. It's also going to Carolina and, and shutting down, shutting, uh, you know, quieting 18,000 fans. So from that perspective, I get it. I guess my only point, it's three weeks. You've been dealing with this crap since August. If, if coach, if you don't like the way coach K is using you, man, my foot's really sore today, coach. I don't think I can go. I just think it's kind of lame. Three weeks left. Like you said, they're not going to the tournament, be a trooper, sit on the sideline, be a, and, and here's the other thing, be a good guy. So now, cause you gotta, you know, and you know how this stuff works, Jason, if you finish the season, I think Coach K, at least when when people from the NBA call him up and ask questions about you, he at least says, look, how bad was the foot? I don't know, but I get it. I've been doing this a long time. But what is Coach K going to say now about this kid? Like, he said all the right things publicly, but privately, you think he's going to say, yeah, that's a kid that you got to get into your organization. I don't know. I'm just saying. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. On some level, I don't know you know, that Coach K is going to have that much sway with a front office, um, given how this ended. Uh, Obviously, Coach K, you know, one of the best college basketball coaches of all time. Um, But he also has to know if he trashes his kid up and down, the next one and done, thinking about Duke. Oh, man. Jeez. Coach K, cold-blooded, huh? That's why he'd never say it publicly. You read Right. That's why he'll use guys we know, the reporters, to put it out there that this guy was toxic in the locker room. Listen, I'm friendly with Jeff Goodman. Um, He was like instantly there on, what was it, Monday night, I guess. Wow, there were issues behind the scenes with Jalen Johnson, you know. And you you know how the game works. It's dirty. And to smear a 19 year old just feels unseemly, Aaron. And again, I'm smearing from the, where, where, where is the separation between smearing from the truth? Like, I mean, if if your producer, Rob Guerra, if you're MFing him off the air all day and I'm talking to him and he's like, yeah, that J-Mac, that Torres, all Torres does is MF me the second I get off the air. I mean, is he smearing me or is he just stating the truth? Okay, so I'll I'll push back and say, well, when Coach K recruited this kid, he knew everything we all did, that he sure. jumped around to three high schools in one year. and. That's fair. This is what this is the kind of guy he wanted in the program to try to win a national title, right? So sure. Coach K was going to put up with this, and then oh well, wait a sec, we stink, and Coach K backed out of a non-conference game, if memory serves, and now it's like, well, we're not going to March Madness. There's no fans. There's no. This isn't like I can't go to the dining hall and hang out with my guys on the team. Like this sucks. What am I doing here? And this, uh, that, see, you brought up a really important point that I think maybe makes me sympathize with this kid a little bit more. Coach K has made it very apparent that he doesn't really give a you-know-what about this season. 
And I think it'd be different if you're playing at a place, let's just use as a hypothetical, um, Alabama, because their coach came out against what Coach K said and said, we need to play this, that, the other thing. I mean, Coach K was pretty public. I don't think these games are that important. I don't think we should even be playing out of conference games. We should wait till January 1. So that is one place where I will defend Jalen Johnson is if your coach, if the leader of the program has made it so apparent to you that it's not important mm-hmm. to him, that is one thing that I did think about because because I was the guy that said, look, he, he quit. We don't have to call on an opt out. He quit. But I also think that, yeah, your coach probably kind of sort of quit on you before this thing even started to. Yeah, it's 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 more cut and dry that this is a nuanced discussion. A lot of people don't want to yes. make it that on social media. It's like, oh, he quit. He's the worst person in the world. Like, listen, I, I coach my kids in sports. Um you know, they've we signed them up for sports where I didn't coach, and they were like, "This stinks. I don't want to go to practice. I don't want to play." No, you signed up. You said you wanted to do it. You're doing it. Yep. Um, and and you know, I, I I don't think I've quit in my life. Like we've been behind in basketball leagues. I'm in, and we're down twenty. I'm not quitting. I'm not walking off the court saying, "Put in someone else. I don't want to play." I'm still jacking up threes and doing my full court pressure. Like I'm not a quitter, but I understand why he would quit in this instance. I mean, I, I I think there are explainable reasons why he made the decision that he did. I just don't think it was the smartest decision individually, given a lot of the things that we've already talked about. The yeah. fact that this is kind of his reputation, uh, that now, you know, privately, as you said, what is Coach K going to say when the uh, Detroit Pistons or Oklahoma City Thunder call up? So, yeah, I mean, and, this, and one, you're exactly right. It was so funny. I was filling in on Monday night with Arnie Spanier and something came up and I said, well, what's the, oh, it was uh, Dak Prescott. We were talking Dak Prescott, you know, what kind of contract is he going to get? And I said, well, what kind of contract is he going to get this offseason? What kind of contract is he going to get next offseason? Are we going to see him play? But like context <laughs> matters. Yeah. And context matters here. And so, yeah, I think, I think we're kind of actually at the same place, which is, yeah. I don't think either of us, like, I'm not like, he's a quitter. I would never draft him. Well, yeah. okay, you have the 28th overall pick and you're the Lakers. You're not going to draft him. Okay, stop. But I also, I, I don't think this would, if if I was advising him personally, I don't know if this is how I would have handled it. Yeah, and I will say, you're right about the NBA stuff. He's going to have to win over a lot of people um, <laughs> given his last, uh, what, five years. Now, I do want to add, heading into the 2020 draft, you'll remember this, Aaron, there were some questions about Anthony Edwards. Did he really love basketball? The guy doesn't try on the defensive end. Is he really in it to be a celebrity? There were a lot of questions, I think, about Anthony Edwards and then a kid named Cole Anthony, who was, you know, his dad is Greg Anthony, came from money. And there were just like, you know, is this guy a jerk? Ego, all that stuff. I will say this. Uh, Anthony Edwards has been tremendous on a terrible team in Minnesota. Way better than I thought as a rookie. And Cole Anthony... Has played extremely well. He's hurt right now. But since Fultz went down, Cole Anthony's been good. So, like, ultimately, if you can play, they will put all that stuff behind you. You know the great quote uh, from the NFL Combine. Hannibal Lecter could run a 4-3-40 and we're drafting him, you know? Yeah. No, it. you're not – what you're saying isn't wrong. And that's the crazy thing now more than ever, and it's getting more and more this way every year. Like you said, college basketball, I get it. I love it. You love it. 
But the relevance of what you do in college basketball is becoming less and less relevant to NBA people. And I don't even think it's just strictly stats, production, whatever. I mean, you know, like if this kid, and I get it's a pandemic, but if this kid had done this five years ago, remember the first year that Leonard Fournette opted out of a bowl game and it was like, Mm. this is everyone. And it's changed. The, The dynamic has changed. Teams don't hold it against you like they used to. Maybe it won't impact him, but I, I would say, for him I think this continues a trend the wrong kind of trend as you know this is actually a pretty deep draft with some guys that are in the G League as you mentioned many guys that are playing college basketball right now Um, and and you know I will say like you want as few red flags going into this stuff as possible and when you bounce and pick up from the best coaching staff in America three weeks with the season left when you're not playing well it certainly does raise red flags All right, let's get to um, something you said before we started recording. I was unaware of this, Aaron. You mentioned that there was a mini bracket reveal on Saturday. And I don't want to go too off tangent here, but I I didn't even know this happened, first of all. And second, uh, I'm assuming Joe Lenardi was pretty paramount in it, the ESPN bracketology guy. Aaron, I don't know what's happened, but I would say maybe six or seven years ago, Joe Lenardi's word held weight. It was like, Lenardi has this team as a seven? That's crazy. You know, I got to be honest, last couple of years, like Joe Lenardi, I don't know that his voice matters at all. Does the, do the brackets even matter? And then you mentioned this mini bracket reveal. And I, I mean, I didn't even know what happened. Uh, your, your thoughts on the mini bracket reveal. So no, it was, it's a CBS deal. Uh, so Lenardi was not involved. Oh, okay. Um, and essentially it was, they saw it work for college football And so two or three years ago, they decided to start doing it for college basketball. But of course, you know, they screwed it up because they do it on Saturday morning before two days worth of games. And then we come out on the back end and it's completely meaningless. I'll give you a funny example. So I, oh, oh, it's not Iowa State. Ohio State was a number one seed in their quote unquote, you know, mock bracket. Ohio State was playing while the bracket was being revealed. Now they happen to win the game, but imagine if they had lost by, they were losing by 15 at that point, And some guy on another channel is talking about how great they are. So yeah. it's a terrible, it's just terribly set up where I'm not saying that if they did it at the end of the weekend, kind of like a mini selection Sunday that, you know, Colin Cowherd and Skip Bayless would lead their show Monday with, Oh my God, <laughs> can you believe Ohio state got the fourth one? Like, no, we know that's not going to happen, but it would make it a little bit more relevant And like you said, you're out on a Saturday. You're not in front of the TV. You don't really know what's going on, what happened, what matters, what doesn't. And by the end of the day, it's completely meaningless. And so I only bring it up. And the reason that that I'm glad you brought it up, it really was jarring. It's basically just the top 16 teams, the top four teams in each region. I don't even know there's going to be regions this year, what the regions will be, but it it was the top 16 teams. And I was never one that felt like, you have to have the blue bloods to make it a great tournament. You have to have Duke and Kentucky and Kansas will be there, but they got, you know, like I never really thought that. And then you see the bracket and it was pretty jarring of like (laughs) Missouri's a four seed, Illinois is a two seed, Ohio state's a one seed, Michigan's a one seed, Baylor's a one seed. And it, it really struck me as I love this stuff. I don't know how many people, 
have thought about Illinois basketball in 15 years since Darren Williams was there. Uh, I, I I would venture to guess nine out of 10 sports fans don't know who their coach is, don't know yeah. who Ohio State's coach is, don't know that Baylor's coach is the brother of Bryce Drew, who played in the NBA. It, and it just struck me as I was never one that felt like we're going to be really, really, really hurt without Kentucky and Michigan State and, and Duke and maybe North Carolina in this tournament. Oh, but no, it, it's hurting. I think we will be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I just noticed Houston. Were they uh, high up there or do they have, have enough good wins? They were They were pretty high up there, two or three seed. I don't really remember. It's so funny. I just clicked on – I'm on Ken Palm, and I look at Houston, and I see their coach is Kelvin Sampson. I'm like, didn't he get busted cheating? Like last year, but that was like that was like five, six years ago. Um, it's like ten years ago. Like, You're getting old, man. By the way, speaking of Seth Davis chirping at you, Ken Palm chirped at me the other night. I was not oh, ready geez. for an army of of nerds to be coming into my mention over points per possession. So that was fun. Ken Palm's great at what he does, but all his little minions were they were exhausting. So yeah, you mentioned you know the blue bloods, and like it's easy to hate against Roy Williams, who's won a ton, and Coach K, who's won a ton, or root for them, you know, just because you. Grew up watching them. Um, Kentucky not going to be there. Listen, Aaron, this is going to be a tough sell when even there are two undefeated teams in Gonzaga and Baylor, probably heading into the tournament. Gonzaga and Baylor undefeated. And it's like there isn't a lot of juice behind them. I feel like St. Joe's was a bigger deal when they were undefeated with that backcourt of Jameer Nelson and Delonte West. That's a great point. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. I was in college at that point, and I do remember it being a bigger deal. And what, what I would say, a couple things. One, I don't disagree with the sentiment. I do wonder, one, obviously the, the, the passion for college basketball nationally. It does feel like, though, Duke and Kentucky being so bad yeah. has actually kind of weirdly sucked the oxygen out of Gonzaga and Baylor being good. Because, I mean, I was literally turning on halftime shows like a week ago. And they're like, well, what, what does Kentucky have to do to play? It's like they're 5-12. and 12. They're not going to the tournament. <laughs> yeah. Stop with this. Like, let's find something else to talk about. Duke has lost, you know, five, five out of their last seven games. They're not going to the tournament. Like, and so I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Um, it, it's going to be, t- it'll be a tough sell. I'll give you a funny kind of story with this, but, and a lot of people probably don't know this, but you know, the potential number one pick in the draft, Cade Cunningham plays at Oklahoma state. Oklahoma State is actually supposed to be banned from the tournament this That's year. That's right. But listen, they're in the process of appealing, and there's a lot of scuttlebutt that the NCAA might be dragging their feet a little oh. bit. On. When do we get this result of the appeal? Do we let them get in the tournament? Because we need some headliners. We and this kid, even if it's only for one game, he will be a headliner. Like, do you remember Zion Williamson when he was in the tournament and Duke, Michigan State? had, I believe, the highest-rated game in the tournament. And it wasn't even the Final Four. It was a monster game, epic performance. And, like, you can build a whole tournament around Zion. Uh, Aaron, who are they building the tournament around right now? And and I like the kid Jalen Suggs, okay? You're not building an NCAA tournament around Jalen Suggs. I think what you're building it around is putting Gonzaga and Baylor on the opposite sides of the bracket, hoping both are undefeated, and just playing it up. It's... The And I don't think this is accurate, but I think it's playing up. You're either taking Gonzaga or Baylor to win it all. It's going to determine your pool, and there's no other options. I think both teams, especially Gonzaga, kind of have some vulnerabilities. I think they can be beaten. Uh, Gonzaga has been kind of weirdly sloppy, you know, now that their games aren't as marquee. 
that's got to be the sell, right? I mean, it, it, these two teams, they were actually supposed to play in the preseason, canceled because of COVID. Uh, but in this weird year, both are going for history. Both are going for immortality. That's the best I got, man. That's the best that yeah. I got. I mean, I think the easy question for Gonzaga is what happens in a close game? We just don't know. They played, Agreed. they had one five-point game against WVU in December. You know, we know people are going to get tight when this? you're undefeated, right? Undefeated, and you got a juggernaut, and you're like, oh, shit, what, what do we do? Just hand it to Suggs. Let's, let him take over. Like, this is what happens. Uh, if you remember, was it Kentucky, Wisconsin? The Carl oh, Anthony yeah. Towns team. Weren't they undefeated? Oh, yeah, into the yeah. Final Four, yeah. And they ended up losing to a senior-laden, well, I don't know if it's senior-laden, but a veteran, Frank the Tank Kaminsky, uh, and a Wisconsin team. Like, I can see Gonzaga having one of those moments. Um, I don't know, where are you on Mark Few? Like, obviously, good recruiter, great coach, but X's and O's, is he without Peter in this tournament? I mean, I... No, not without Peter. I think he's great X's and O's. I think his problem is, is that... They play in a whack, not the whack, but a whack conference from the perspective that there's nobody on their level. And, and for college basketball, people that aren't nerds, with this weird year where you're just making stuff up as you go, Gonzaga was trying to schedule a marquee out-of-conference game. So they had a game postponed because the other team had COVID a few Saturdays ago. They were trying to get a marquee opponent for that Saturday just because I think Mark Few's kind of like, dude, my team is coasting right now. And so yeah. I, I've never bought the narrative like they, they always get upset in the tournament. No, before um, – Last year, there was no tournament. It's either four or five years in a row they've made it to at least the Sweet 16, three Elite Eights, a Final Four, a national championship game. But it, it, they haven't had to hit fifth gear in a while, and that's what would concern me more than anything. Ironically, Baylor hasn't had any close games, too. Baylor's being every team on their schedule by eight-plus points, but they're in the Big 12. They're coming back off COVID pause here momentarily. They're going to have some big games ahead. They're going to be challenged. I don't know. First of all, Gonzaga's only got about three regular season games left in the conference tournament. They're not going to be challenged going into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think a good point about Baylor. Also, lack of size. You know, if the game does slow down, they are susceptible on the offensive glass. Um, We'll see. I mean, I don't know how the mid-majors are. Uh, I haven't done a deep dive into them yet. I've just started doing some some gambling back again on college uh, college hoops and – you know, it's fun, but man, it's it's just a weird season. All right, you, g- give me the who wins the championship, Aaron? Blindly without seeing the brackets, I would say Baylor right now. I and and it was funny. So you talk about groupthink. This was the one that I was going to bring up before last season. Baylor was, I think, preseason. They were in the top twenty, but maybe eighteen, nineteen in the country. I picked them to go to the Final Four last preseason. Nobody else, there wasn't a single national writer that had them in the top, uh, that had them going to the final four in the preseason. They go 26 and four in the regular season, best regular season in school history. They don't lose a game for four months. So I was on them last year. I got off them this year, but I look at them and I think to your point, they have just enough size, but here's two things. They shoot the ball insanely well. I mean, I think it's something like five out of their top six scores shoot 40% or, or better from three. And these aren't guys that are taking, you know, uh, uh, 12 threes over the course of the season. These are guys that are taking two, three, four a game, and they're all shooting 40-plus percent. The other thing is they get after it defensively. And that's where I think Gonzaga I would be concerned by is I think Gonzaga kind of has this 
we're just going to be able to outscore everybody all the time mentality. And, and we know how that works. I'll give you a good analogy for kind of people that are no college hoops, but maybe not great. Jay Bill has said this a while ago. The Gonzaga this year reminds him of the 2009 North Carolina team that had Danny Green, Tyler Hansborough, Ty Lawson, et cetera. And that team basically just, we're just going to outscore you. And we'll, we'll try on defense, but we're not going to lock in. That's my concern with Gonzaga. Baylor is a bunch of dogs that just get after you defensively. Um, and I would say this too really quickly. Michigan, off of a month-long COVID yeah. pause, just won at Wisconsin. They rebound. They're tough. They defend. They're another one. I don't think you can say they're off the radar because they're, they're the number three team in the country. But I think that the college basketball media and narrative has set this up as Gonzaga versus Baylor, and there's no other option. And I think I, I think Michigan's pretty close to it. Wow, that comparison, 2009 Tar Heels. I, I you know I re- I was like, is that the team that murdered Michigan State in the title game? And I just looked it up. They won every NCAA game by 10 plus, and they beat Michigan State by 17 in the final. That was I mean they, that was a really wow, good I didn't team, even know NCAA that team. Yeah, they had, oh my gosh, well, Tyler Hansborough, Wayne Ellington, Ty Lawson, Danny Green, Ed Davis, Larry Drew, Tyler Zeller. Seven guys Woo! who played in the NBA. Oh, well, I'll tell you this. UConn in the UConn lost to Michigan State in the Final Four, and I know this because I'm a UConn alum. Jim Calhoun swears that was his most complete team that he ever had. Not the best team. His most complete team. They had a kid named Jerome Dyson who played in the NBA, got hurt right before the NCAA tournament. He believes because that team had Kemba Walker, Jeff Adrian, Hashim Thabit, uh, all these guys that played in the NBA. And he swears that if Jerome Dyson had been healthy, they would have beat North Carolina and win the national championship. Shout out to Jim Calhoun. Okay. Sorry. By the way, since we're talking about things we got wrong, I was so wrong about Hashim Thabit coming out. I, I really thought he would be a good pro. He moved well, great shot blocker, and I could not have been – what a what a gigantic stiff. I mean, he could not so, – he couldn't run and chew gum at the same time in the NBA, but he was great in college. My last year at UConn was his first year, mm. and it was coming off the Rudy Gay era, and, you know, that team was unbelievable. My my junior year was the Rudy Gay. They lost to George, George, George Mason. George Mason, Yes. And Hashim, and the next year, the whole team is new and they stink. And so I will defend you because I was there for year one. Hashim to beat. We used to joke, me and my buddy, who I'm still friends with, about every game he spent more time on the floor because anytime there was contract, he felt like a tree. Sorry, that was probably loud for your listeners in their ear. Um, and by his junior year, he was a difference maker. And so uh, you know, I don't remember enough about the NBA at that point. There were still like legitimate seven foot centers like that just played back to the basket in that era. Right. Yeah. 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 It was like so, the tail yeah. end of it pretty much. Um, that was also the Tyreek yeah. Evans, Steph Curry draft, but we don't need to go down that road. All right. Aaron Torres. Great stuff. Can't wait to follow you uh, in your insights heading into the NCAA tournament. And uh, good luck with the group think gatherings. If you are you going to Indy? I'm not going to Indy. I, you know, you know this cause you've done this for years. I, I go to the final four to network, to connect, yeah. you know, you get good gossip on stuff and nobody's going to be there. And so yeah. 
I don't need to cover the games for anything. I'm not going to get anything by going straight from my hotel to the arena and back and forth. Uh, this will be the first Final Four I've missed in a, quite a few years, minus last year that didn't happen. But I'll wait till hopefully 2021. I don't even know where it's supposed to be next year. I think it's yeah. – yeah. is it New Orleans next year? Because that would be uh, – that'd be a good return to normalcy. I don't know if it's New Orleans next year. But Please. that'd be a good return to normalcy. If we could get a normal Final Four in 2022, yeah, it'd be 2022. It's, I think it's New Orleans next year. So Definitely. All right, Aaron Torres, thanks a lot, man. All right, Jason. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? Uh, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.